Hello, welcome to the Autism Mom Podcast. That's A-H-H as in Autism Mom. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Welcome back. It's been eight weeks since the last Autism Mom moment and a couple of reasons. First, it was the holiday, and second, well, our world kind of went hurrah. Uh, We have been spending a lot of time away from our family lives, taking care of uh, a family member, and so now that things are calming down, I am ready to get back into the swing of things. So happy new year. Welcome back to the Autism Mom podcast. I am so excited to be with you here and journey into 2020 with some autism mom moments. Now, I realize that being an autism mom is a handful. And sometimes when we have more things thrown on our plate, whether you're a mother of a special needs kid or a a mom, a dad, a grandparent, we get a lot of things put on our plate. And sometimes it feels like that plate is just overwhelming. And suddenly now somebody has asked you for seconds and you've said no, but they plop it on your plate and even thirds, and it's time for dessert, and you are so full to the max, you can't eat another bite. That's been me for the last eight weeks. I really can't fit any more on my plates, and I have felt like a failure. Have you ever felt like a failure as a mom or a dad? Whether you have a special needs kid or not, sometimes we all feel like we're failing. We just don't have a manual that these kids come with. And it's really hard to take a breath in and realize that it's okay to have those moments that we feel like giving up as long as we don't give up. Now, I will say over the last eight weeks since I've been away from my kiddo, he has been phenomenal. Uh, He stayed with grandma and, and he was so good on the days that he was with grandma. But on the days I got him back, well, all hell breaks loose. So then what does that make you feel like as a mom? Have you ever taken your kids to somebody else's house or they go to a friend's and they come home and suddenly... The friend is talking about how polite your kid is and how they emptied the dishwasher and set the table and cleaned and did laundry. And you're like, my kid? I can't even get him to pick up his plate after dinner. And anybody else in that same boat as me? And then I think, well, maybe I just suck at this parenting thing because I can't get them to listen to me. So maybe somebody else would be so much better at this. And then we realize that our kids are always on their best behavior when they are out of their own element. Special needs or not, they're better when they're out of their own element because they're trying to keep it together. And when they feel comfortable in their own environment, that's when they feel like they don't have to keep it all together because they're safe and they're secure. And so that's been my last eight weeks is feeling 
like a failure because somebody else is doing a better job than I am and how am I failing and I suck at this parenting thing and having to come to the realization that it's not me. In fact, it's totally my kiddo. And it's not just my kiddo because he's special needs. It's every kiddo that holds it together until they come home in their safe environment and they let it all break loose. So on top of that, you've heard me say how consistency is so important. And the last eight weeks, he's been, I've been very grateful that he's been in his own environment, in his own house. And that's why things haven't gone so awful. But at the same time, I am ready for routine. (laughs) I have not been diagnosed, but I think now that I'm more attuned, I am ready for routine as well. I think we all become creatures of habit and it's our job as parents to instill these habits into our kiddos. Now, some people say, well, my kiddo's not ready for having chores or my kiddo's not ready to have that, those assignments every day. And I disagree with that. I think that we can not and should not limit our children because they have a special needs. They should not be limited to what their responsibilities are because when they are adults, they are not going to be limited to what their abilities are. So that's what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about assignments and chores and not letting your diagnosis get in the way. Sure, there are things that we need to do as autism moms and dads and parents and grandparents to help our kids journey through that and juggle that and put it in perspective for them because that's something that they struggle with and we need to take baby steps, but we also need to incur responsibility with our kids and I think that can start as early as two. If we make excuses for our kiddos, they will make excuses for themselves. And not only will that hinder them as adults, but it will also hinder their self-esteem. So let's talk about some of the things that we can do. At age two, I always had my kiddo get up and get himself dressed. Between two and four, he had to help pick it out. I didn't care if it was purple pants with a yellow shirt or a pink shirt or a red shirt or a green shirt or a blue shirt. It didn't matter to me as long as he was getting dressed. That was showing responsibility and it was also showing that he can fend for himself. Brushing his teeth. To this day, my 14-year-old hates brushing his teeth. It's a sensory thing. I get it. I understand that it's not something pleasurable. But again, since the age of two, I have enforced that even though we don't like to do something, we still have to do it. And so therefore, since he was two and a half years old, my kiddo has been brushing his teeth every morning and every night. 
Now, there are some times that he will fake it. And let me tell you, this kid is so good at faking it enough so that way it made it look like he was brushing his teeth, like the old-fashioned wetting the toothbrush trick, or the fact that he would actually put the toothpaste on his fingers, brush with his fingers, and rinse so that way it made it smell like he brushed his teeth. Or the fact that he would squeeze the toothpaste all over, draw his name in it, so that way it made it look like he used the toothpaste. You name it, my kiddo has tried to get out of brushing his teeth. And now at 14, he's brushing without being told to brush, which is great. However, I think we're at like 30 seconds tops. We're getting there. My point is, is we're getting there because I've instilled it for the last 12 years and it may not be up to the two minute standard of a dental hygienist. However, we're getting there. So my point is, is instilling these responsibilities to let us know as parents that they can fend for themselves and we're not going to have to raise them for the rest of our lives uh, and teaching them how to be responsible really does build their self-esteem. Have any of you assigned putting laundry away to your kiddos or even risk the fact of too much laundry detergent going in the washing machine because you want them to learn how to do laundry? What about loading the dishwasher and unloading the dishwasher, taking the garbage out? Simple tasks. Now, you may be the parent that says you pay for those chores I will let you know I am not the parent that tells my child he gets rewarded for these types of behavior. And here's the reason why. It's because as an adult, when you take out the garbage, nobody's going to pay you. And when you do your laundry or empty the dishwasher, nobody's going to pay you. It is responsibility. And I have taught my child that we all play a role in our family and each of us has responsibilities. I make dinner, dad does the dishes, TJ's job is a laundry and garbage as well as cleaning his own bathroom. These are instilling responsibilities that way I know as an adult when I go to visit him I will actually want to sit on his toilet instead of being disgusted by it. I am not letting my child get out of having responsibilities. That is super important. Now, I will say that I do pick my battles because if it is garbage day and I am seeing that we are not going to participate in this and it might be a total massive meltdown, I just may do it myself and forego the massive meltdown when things fly through the air because to me, it's not worth it. But does that mean on garbage day next week he's getting out of it? Absolutely not. So I do let you know that I use precautions because I want to make sure that I am not building up for an unsuccessful day or an unsuccessful night's sleep. I think we're getting there. You know, we do have our setbacks and our battles. And as I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, I realized I've come a long way. You see, for four and a half years, we've had this diagnosis. Yes, TJ was diagnosed at the age of 10. I still have yet to have any help from the county. 
and I still have yet to be assigned a social worker. Oddly, I have not had an assignment from a social worker. Now I know that he does get benefits and I know that we are on a waiting list and the list is quite lengthy. But I also know that without these people being in my life and dropping things in my lap, I have been able to steadfast forward and get the help we've needed by listening to podcasts like this and by reading lots of books by Temple Grandin and TED Talks and having some great, phenomenal oh, people in my corner that I've learned so much from at our school district and people that I have learned so much from from my support groups. And so I recommend having those people in your court, especially if you don't have the county or state help where you're at. It's vital to have that sounding board to know that you're not the only person going through this and to help other people understand what you're going through and to help educate your back. friends and family that are going through the same thing. So I'll leave you with this today. Make sure that you're raising responsible special needs kiddos so that way you can go to their bathroom and not be afraid to sit down on the toilet. That concludes this week. Welcome back. I'm so excited and we'll see you next week.